Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. All right. Welcome back to the Run.Down post game show here on the Strickland YouTube channel. If you're listening to this the day after the Strickland Podcast Network, I am Sam. I'm joined by Schwinn and Jeff. Knicks lose 114 to 98. Um, score doesn't tell the full story of the game. Um, but yeah, before we get into all that, um, the last of the major pro sports leagues kicks kicked off actually within the last couple of weeks. And Bet Online is your top spot for all your NBA action this season with MLB postseason, which already finished, NFL and college football, and NHL in full swing. Bet Online is your number one source for wagering news, odds, trends, and predictions. Get everything NBA at your fingertips with both desktop and mobile access for every sport, anytime. Head to the Bet Online app today to get on the action. Don't forget to use promo code BLEAV, that's B L E A V, to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet Online, where the game starts. All right. So, I mean, this was, we already kind of knew this game was going to be a rough game. Um, no RJ Barrett. We kind of seen how this team performs without RJ Barrett um, this year. He's kind of been, I want to say, our best player. That's fair to say, right? um this year or at least our most consistent offensive yeah 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 offensively for sure yeah yeah him he's been our most consistent offensive performer um so we knew we were going to take a hit on that end tonight um and we knew there was going to be a little bit of course some lumps defensively because he's been consistently good defensively as well um and we knew that of course josh hart was going to start and man did josh hart start and did josh hart play um what was it 42 minutes we, we were talking about before we got on here um there was some really, there was some okay stretches from Josh Hart tonight, but there was also some really brutal stretches. Um, those were really, really loud. Um, and we'll get into all that. But yeah, it was a rough night and it wasn't a fun game to watch. Um, so where do you guys want to start? Because we got Julius, we got Hart, we got we got a lot to get to. Um, I just think Julius, like, again, I, I hate doing this after every game, but like throughout this game, you just see exactly all the plays all the moments all this micro decisions that ultimately against the best teams are not going to fly and it's what you were saying last post game like that stretch he had at the end of the first half was ridiculous he takes an awful pull-up three and then he's fucking posing uh like fuck what's the name what's the name of that movie why can't i think of the movie uh fuck he she makes the joke whatever i'll figure it out love and basketball love and basketball there we go um, uh and and like he's posing and pritchard goes back he doesn't even fake run like when he realizes pritchard is already back there and tatum's about to throw it to him he doesn't even like fake run he just kind of like uh yeah. okay and it, it's just that that play um you know he had that one in like what was it the might have been in the fourth or the third quarter where he's like like it's it's an end of clock situation it's a bad spot to be in i get it He's got his back to the basket. Quickly's in front of him, wide open, like clapping, asking for the ball. And then he spins back. I, it's just like there were a lot of plays from Julius tonight where he, he was just, late in the shot clock. He's dribbling, dribbling, and, dribbling. And, thing, and, and like, and then, you know, he had that one in transition where like, I'm like, I don't even know what you're doing here. Like he had Porzingis beat, but then he tried to like put up some weird floater because he's worried about Derek White. I don't know. That was a weird one. Um, he his start to the game defensively, he did pick it up as the game went on, but his start to the game defensively was really bad. And he had a couple of awful moments on Hauser. 
um, where he was just like, oh, okay, so who is this guy? I don't know who he is. I'm not going to defend him. It's insane that they keep putting Julius on all, all these shooters, and he's always losing them, yeah. and they're it's always actually, it's actually, it's three. actually really, really smart of the uh, the Celtics. Yeah. Like, anytime there's a cross match, anytime there's an opportunity for a cross match, it's like they all have the memo to attack or to move because anytime Julius ended up on Pritchard or uh, Hauser or even like Derek White, and I know Derek White didn't do anything until the end offensively, they're all like, you can just, just watch. It's so funny to watch because Julius just stands there and they're like, okay, I, I can get open. And it happens all the time. I thought we saw a, a pretty nice um, juxtaposition between good Julius and bad Julius tonight. Like the stuff that we know he's good at and that makes him a really valuable, especially offensive player. We saw tonight. We saw him draw doubles. We saw create offense against a really good defense in a game where creating offense was really hard. Like that shouldn't go un- unsaid. There were stretches where Julius was backpacking an efficient offense and was creating good looks possession after possession. But then there were also stretches where his slow processing and his carelessness and his inefficiency all poked their head. So and those it are was much a really than the other ones. Yeah. It was a really interesting Julius game to me because I just, the thing we always talk about is like, how can you, when, when does this stop? When does it go away? And if, if the answer is never, if the answer is you just have to live with these warts, I just don't know how you win with the guy. Like I don't, and, and, and last no, thing I'll say, wait, Schwinn, Schwinn, just let me finish. The last thing I'll say before I hand it over to Schwinn, I said this last game, can the bar start being higher? If you're so high on Julius Randle, there's no fucking way you can come out of this game, a game when he defended overall terribly and was 7 of 19 and led the team in turnovers. You can't just be like, oh, everyone's too hard on him. Like, dude, he's an all-NBA player. He's supposed to be – this can't be his best game of the season. That's ridiculous. Sorry, Schwinn, take over. No, I, I just, I'm like, I, I don't, I, I don't really think there's anything to talk. Like, this is what Julius Randle is. It is his 10th year in the NBA. This is what he is. You can tell me he's coming back from an injury and that's fine. I get that. Like he, he's probably going to get better because that's what will happen. And, and that's the reality of how it works. Um, because, you know, he'll get stronger. He'll conditioning will pick up and whatever, but the, the errors he makes, so many of the errors he makes are just, that's what he is like they he's processing is not going to get better. He's not all of a sudden going to see passes that he never sees. Like I can't tell you how many times this year already I have seen him like look, he, he does this new one. This new one drives me absolutely fucking insane. Cause I haven't seen it's like works one out of every 10 times. he tries it. When he jumps in the air, he has a guy in the corner that he can pass to. And instead he tries to do this dump dump off pass to Mitch. And it never works. It didn't work again today. They got luckily, I guess Porzingis kicked it. Um, but like, it, it's an awful pass. It has such a low risk of working. And like, he, he constantly tries to force these passes into Mitch. Where I'm like, okay, I your intention is good, but it kind but of you got to know your personnel. It just doesn't matter if your intention is good at a certain point. Like, like I'm so sick and tired of talking, like evaluating Julius's process. Again, the guy is in his tenth year in the NBA. He's 28 years old. This is not a developing player. This is not somebody who has not had five, five. This is his fifth year now of being a number one option on a team. Okay. Like this is him. This is what he is as a player. So 
there's really no point in debating it. We don't need to debate that he falls asleep on defense. We don't need to debate that he's going to have stupid processing issues in certain games. We don't need to debate that he's probably going to make some weird decisions when he's in the paint. This is what he is. It's what he is as a player. So um, all I can say is that I hope RJ is is better soon because what I think is winning us games right now is the starting lineup functions in its own weird way that it functions and it works. They're very effective. Okay. They're very effective when it's not Josh Hartman, it's RJ. They're very effective. And then the bench function functions really, really well with RJ. But when you take RJ out right now, Randall comes in in that second quarter. That was his time. It's my time. I got it. It's my time to get my numbers up. That's what he did. That's how he played. I'm sure there are people like, oh, you don't want to blame quickly. Quickly just missed shots. He missed shots. There's no way, like, there's really nothing to debate. He missed shots. Didn't have a good game. I'm not talking about missing shots. I'm talking about your decisions, how you're playing within the group, like within the group, right? Like Josh Hart, when he plays with that bench unit, especially when RJ is with him at the three and the four, his unwillingness to shoot is a lot less problematic than it is when he's starting, right? So decisions can like the value of decisions can change based on the environment you're in randall's decisions and his his kind of i, I don't know how to, he he likes to exert his authority when he feels he has the opportunity to exert the authority and i'm not talking about necessarily like oh he senses like a weak opponent no i'm talking about like when he if he feels like one, I have the opportunity, yes, it's a weaker opponent, but two, like, oh, like Brunson's not out here, RJ's not out here, it's my time to shine. Like, and it's so ridiculous because if he would let quickly just initiate a little bit, he would get so many better shots. He would get better shots. I mean, and this, this brings like, and this he, brings he, me he, to him bringing up the ball when they're pressuring, when the Celtics decide to amp things up, and he is bringing up the ball instead of quickly, and that completely drains the shot clock. It, it, leads it, to it, all these terrible possessions. It, it's it just insane. It wasn't just when quickly was on the floor either. I don't know what was going on today. Brunson kept throwing it to him to bring the ball up the floor too. He did this. He had a possession where he brought it up. He went around a pick and roll. Immediately got like, I think like Tatum either stole it or whatever it was. But like, he it, it just. It was it, it, we played like a very weird game. It, it felt very disjointed. I also don't really know what the hell Brunson was doing in the in like what was it? End of it might have been either the end of the third quarter or start of the fourth. Where like it's a lineup with like him and quickly and whatever Divincenzo Hart. Like you kind of have to like run the show there. Like like you have to do it or quickly. He's he brought the ball up. This two possessions where he brings the ball up, throws it to Hart, and then he clears to the corner with quickly. And Hart's it like insane. Gonna run a pick and roll with. With I think the first time was when he did that weird ass play where he threw it off of he got it back threw it off of uh, Holiday and made a three which is an awesome play by the way, um, but like he did it again the second time I think Tibbs was Tibbs was pissed because he was like he had them call a timeout and I'm sure he's probably like what the fuck are you doing like this is not a play that we ever want to run and we never want to put Josh Hart in this situation much I love him and the last thing I'm gonna say is I love Josh Hart Josh Hart of 42 minutes a night is not a good player. I don't care what the situation is, unless unless you're like obviously serious foul trouble, whatever. Josh Hart for 42 minutes on a night is not a positive player. Josh Hart is a 30 minute a night guy, max. That's what he is. Okay, that's that's what he is. That's the role he's good in. That's where he can give you value. You play him with 42 minutes, you're pushing the envelope. And I thought I, I thought he played. I I saw people. I saw somebody in the comments say like uh, he played an awful game or whatever. Like I don't think he played an awful game. I think you're pushing a guy 
to his boundaries and past them. And then you're evaluating him on that. And that's unfair to him. And like, and and it would be one thing if like Grimes had played 33 minutes or whatever, like Grimes actually got hot in the third quarter after he suddenly was like, Oh, I guess I should shoot the ball. Like, yeah, dude, you should probably shoot the fucking ball. It's a good thing. Um, Like, and then he got pulled for like, what was it? Like 15 minutes or something. Like he didn't play until the, the game was over. Basically he didn't come back into the game is over. And like, I'm sorry, Josh Hart was doing what? Uh, like, if the reasoning was we need Josh for defense, Tatum cooked in the entire game. And I'm not even mad at Josh Hart for that. Tatum is just a bad matchup. Like, Tatum, and Tatum also just cooks a lot of guys. Like, that's what Jason Tatum does, you know? Um, so, I just, I just like, uh, it was just a really weird game. I, I also want to make clear, like, I don't think this is a game that we should be super... Like, I, I don't think you need to be super upset about this game or concerned long-term or whatever. Like, there are issues that this game reveals that are just facts. Um, and and honestly, these games, they they reveal things that the Knicks will need to address for sure long-term. Um, but this was, uh, you know, look, they, they played a really strong team without a guy who's ostensibly been at the worst, their second-best player uh, this season. And they didn't have the juice. And that happens. Like, they just did not have it. Boston played a really good game, and Tatum went off. And um, take the L and you move on. But, like, as far as, like, the Julia stuff and, you know, Hart's usage, I think those are just – those are, have nothing to do with, like, Boston played a really good game. Those are just self-inflicted. And and in Julius's case, it's like, it is what it is. Like, I, I just don't have the energy to, to, to get upset about it anymore because this is what he is as a player. Julius Randle is what he is. He's really good. They'll probably help you win a lot of regular season games. And in the biggest moments against the best teams, he does not, he's never going to be good enough in the role he plays. I I don't care what you believe. I don't care if you believe that, you know, he, he, like, if you believe that Julius Randle is waiting to unleash some higher level of like, he's going to get to the playoffs now, not piss his pants and all of a sudden be super efficient and kill it. Like, okay. Yeah, no, I mean, more power to you. I wish I had that belief, but I don't. So I'm kind of just hoping that he hits a level that around what we saw last year, we get to the playoffs, maybe win a round. And um, at some point in the future, after the season is over, maybe uh, a change will be made. But I don't expect uh, I don't expect much more than that. I thought, I thought uh, Sam made a really good point when he talked about how the Celtics pressure um, – force the Knicks to start their offense uh, later in the shot clock. Um, I think it kind of, I think that exposes a bigger problem with the Knicks, which is that their core principles work up to a certain point, but this is the thing we've talked about is they need to have a plan B when teams throw different looks at them that worse teams don't. And so the Celtics did two things tonight that I think threw the Knicks off and they just didn't have an answer. And the two things they did were pressure full court so that the Knicks couldn't just easily get into their offense. And then they switched everything. So the Knicks weren't, it it didn't, the collapses didn't really matter. And um, there were no advantages being created. It forced them to play more one-on-one and the Knicks just didn't have a second option or an answer. 
it was I, just I think very specifically more than switching everything, at least what I noticed they started doing in the second half when they kind of made their run was um they put Holiday on the five. Especially when Randall when Randall wasn't in, especially they did this. They put Holiday on the five so that when you know Brunson or quickly or whoever would inevitably on the Knicks ask for a uh you know a uh you know a screen, Holiday would just switch onto it and it's like, okay, well fuck now i did nothing this this sucks um and and i think that really screwed up the knicks a bit too but like look they i'm not too worried about that because i think the knicks have counters for that like and we've seen and that's kind of why the today was just so weird to me the way they used josh hart especially was odd to me because i was like okay they're putting holiday on the five cool have go have Hart screen like go have Hart be the primary screener and we've seen them do that like we saw them do that last year against Miami to a lot of success. We've seen them do that against Cleveland. It was just, it, it was kind of odd to me, I guess today to see how little they used um, non five screens to create advantages. I thought that was really weird today, um, especially given what you're talking about. Yes. The Celtics did start switching a lot. So um, that was an issue. And then you also just saw like to your point about what it exposed. I think Grimes is a really good standstill spot up three point shooter, right? We all know this. And I, I'm I'm all, you know, look, we can sit here and blame Julius for 5,000 different things we want. I think you can see in some instances where Julius is, like, in the paint, he's looking for a kick out, and Grimes is just standing in the corner. He's just standing there. And it's like, dude, you have to, like, move to create the angle for a pass. And I'm not just trying to single out Grimes because I don't think it's just him. But, like, you saw a lot of that today where it was, like, somebody would be in the paint, and it's like, Okay, if you move like two steps to your right, you have a wide open three and nobody's moving. And I think that that's part of coaching probably too, but it's also just like guys need to understand that themselves, you know? And, and like we've talked about this a lot. That's one thing with RJ that I've always think that I've always thought he's really good at it. Going back to college, he might not be a good shooter. And I mean, he is a great shooter right now, but even if you don't think he's a good shooter and he hasn't been a good shooter for most of his career, he is really, really good about finding space and making himself available for a pass. And um, the Knicks really missed that tonight on top of, like, Josh Hart. Uh, you know, again, you play him 30, you play him 42 minutes. You, I, again, I just don't really have the – I don't have the energy to shit on Josh Hart right now because I just think, like, he's getting put in situations that, yeah, man, you play, you play anybody that amount of time, like, you're putting them into more situations in a football – or in a basketball game um, than, like, they ideally should be in. And so that will always expose them. So, um, yeah, look, I, I again, I, I think this is probably a good. I, I, I'm not trying to give it, make it a moral victory, but it is probably like a good experience and a good kind of thing for the Knicks to go through this. And I, and also, it's worth noting, which I mentioned a lot of times, the Knicks have had a really tough start to the year. Um, and also, like they have traditionally not started super well under Tibbs. They probably started better than they have in the past, at least in terms of underlying metrics. So, like, um, I, I don't think anybody should be like alarmed by this game or anything it was a tough game they didn't have rj it happens um the josh hart thing you go jeff no i just i was just gonna say i gotta hop off so i just wanted to say one more thing uh i thought it was i uh schwinn brought up quickly shooting and how it was a you know from an output standpoint it was a bad game obviously you can't go one for ten and have it be a good game um if i was going to be critical of him for something beyond the shooting 
I thought he created a lot of good opportunities for the Knicks offense really early on and shots just didn't fall either off his pass or off his shot. Like he had one where he dusted Derek white and got into the, and like, that's like a 90% look for him and he just blew the layup. I think and then, Porzingis and, affected that shot. That, Porzingis had a lot of big impact on this game too, by the way. Really yeah. Um, but then like once the shots weren't falling, I didn't like how he basically just couldn't like, like either couldn't or wasn't willing to, uh, be more aggressive beating like creating advantages and there were times like he had Pritchard on him and he wasn't aggressive he let Pritchard like make it look like he was stopping him he had Al Horford on him once I think quickly and other Knicks Quentin Grimes for example need to be better at just remaining themselves in the in the midst of poor shooting games because as much, I mean Tib says it all the time you can play well without shooting well and you know maybe if you're Grimes and even quickly sometimes and you can probably say to yourself okay like but Tibbs hasn't proven to me that I'm a Josh Hart type who he's just going to go to you know but I, I do think quickly could have done a better job of remaining aggressive off the bounce because I think without RJ they really needed it and they really missed um, like it was just too hard on Brunson and to, and Randall without well, quickly I, being more aggressive yeah and I, this is the thing that we'll never know just like sitting here on the side like we have no idea is I, if this is the third game now that we played without RJ, and in those games, every single one, I have felt that when Quick is on the floor with Randall in that bench lineup instead of RJ, um, that he does not, he's not aggressive, he's super deferential. Is that Tibbs? Is that Randall? Is it quickly deferring to Randall? Like, I don't know where that instruction is coming from. And I, and I could be totally wrong. Maybe I need to go back and watch the other two games and, Oh yeah, actually, no, that's not the case, but that's what it's felt like to me watching those three games. And it feels like we've lost those three games a lot because we didn't get the bench pop that we're kind of accustomed to. Um, so that to me is like, I don't know where the individual fault with that lies, but that is the very specific thing that they need to figure out. Um, and, you know, even like Brunson this year with that group, I just haven't liked, I don't know what is up with him, but he just, he, I, and I got to say, like, I don't even think it's selfishness, but like he just, it, it feels like he is always looking for heart and not looking for anybody else in that group in some way. Like it's, it's weird. Too much time on FIBA together. He'll like toss it to IQ to initiate something, but in terms of like drive and I'm going to, I'm trying to set somebody up. It feels like heart is the guy that he just, and maybe that's because they have a good connection. So they just kind of know where each other's going to be on the floor. But he's just got to do more to get other dudes involved, especially in that group when he's on with them. Like, and and very specifically, DiVincenzo, right? Like, DiVincenzo, I think quickly might, and, and Randall were the only two guys that set him up today for shots. Um, it's weird. Like, I don't know. I think Brunson's still kind of searching for the balance between his offense and, and distributing and all that stuff. He did. He, it's nice, though, that he's got it going now for, like, what, three games in a row from the field? Um, so the shooting at least is coming around, but you're hoping that eventually in the next couple of games here, he'll get to a better equilibrium as a playmaker as well. Yeah. All right. Y'all have a good show. I will be tuning in. So everyone ask good questions and stuff and have a good. See you, Jeff. Um, the Josh Hart thing, when, when you talk about him being, um, <laughs> when you talk about him ex overextending, um, being his minutes overextended, reminds me of the Alec Burke situation all over again. 
um, where like, you know, if you're constantly pushing a player past, you know, what they should be playing, their warts show that much more. It's it's almost weirder because it feels like he shouldn't even um like it's it's it feels weirder because I he compliments them even less than like he compliments the starters less than Burks even did at the time, maybe. I don't know, because he doesn't space the floor. It's just it's really odd. I, I don't get it. I, I it is what it is. That's that's Tibbs' thing. Uh I want to get to this comment. This is from EJ1. This scene is honestly boring as fuck. It's nice that RJ has seemingly improved, but outside of that, not much is going on here and doesn't seem like there's much to look forward to with our future for our future. Okay. Uh I'm not gonna respond to that. I don't agree with it. But thank you for thank you for watching and thank you for joining us. Um Yeah, I, I don't know. The the heart thing is weird. And I especially I think Ariel Pacheco, I, I gotta say I just want to be very clear too, because I tweeted out something during the game of like, man, if, if Grimes not gonna shoot, just get him out of the fucking game. Like that is not me not wanting Grimes the game. Not that I got it. Most people took it the right way, and I don't think anybody really like. I think everybody understood what I was saying. Um, but like, that is not an indictment of Grimes starting. It's more like, hey, dude, you're in the game. Shoot the fucking ball, maybe. Um, and not just shoot the ball, but like he'll get the ball on these, you know, these handoffs they do, and then he dribbles it back up top, and then he just picks up his dribble and he has to and wait for somebody it. to come and get it. And I'm like, dude at least keep your dribble alive. Like you don't need to pick up your dribble there. You're not even under pressure. Um, it seems like he's like almost like scared to like do something with the ball. Yeah. It's, it's really weird. And then um, like, so Ariel, uh, he, Ariel Pacheco, it's a Pacheco NBA probably on Twitter. Um, I think so. He, yeah. He put up a little thread after the game or maybe right at the end of the game about like, why Grimes needs to get more minutes, um, especially in terms of like, he needs to be a higher priority than Hart. He's like, I know that Hart put up better numbers, but like Grimes gives you value, even if he is not shooting it well. Like, yes, he needs to shoot it when he gets the opportunities. But if you're, if you're kind of, if you're thinking like, okay, how do I, how do I get enough out of Randall? And how do, how do I create optimal conditions for randall and and brunson you cannot play them this much with josh hart especially especially when so much of that is overlapping with randall at the four right like like that is so the spacing is just so not clean at all there and it makes it a lot harder for them and um i i don't know how you kind of reconcile that i mean like i I understand today he wanted to have some size on Boston's wings. I don't know. Like at some point, if the lineup doesn't work, it just doesn't work. And it hasn't worked now in three games. Like I'm not saying it's been a disaster or it's why they are. It's, it's the reason they've lost those games, but it certainly has not helped them win the games. And um, I think they need to go to a different look. If RJ is out at any point in the future, I think I would start quickly. I would see how that looks at least. Um, But it just, it just needs to, it just needs to happen. For me, I don't think he's ever going to start quickly unless like Brunson's out because I think he clearly like I think we've talked about this on multiple post games over the past couple years, but like he has like set roles for each player. So like he sees quickly as the point guard. So if the point guard is out, he is going to put quickly in the slot of that point guard. He's not going to like move, you know quickly to the two and then have Grimes at the three to start or anything like that. Like he has these set roles, unfortunately for players and, and, and makes things very rigid um, in these situations. But 
yeah, I, I would I, I I tweeted out every single time RJ's out. I'm like, I really don't want to start behind the eight ball with Hart starting. Luckily, Hart was taking and making shots, which helped a little bit. But like still, I mean, why put yourself at a deficit to begin with um, by starting Hart? I, I don't know the the heart thing again. It's it's very very odd and and I don't quite get it. Um, he is uh, he's just being put in situations that like I, I just feel bad for him about and like I I, I don't think it's it, it just it's justifiable um, or not justifiable but it's not. It is what it is. Look, I I think that you could make an argument for starting quickly. I think you make an argument for starting Divincenzo. I just think it's very weird that. The minutes for like quickly Grimes and DiVincenzo don't go anywhere when RJ is out. But just hearts like, just add automatically hearts, skyrockets. Yeah, hearts skyrocket and, and Randall's go way up, which like that one is actually a little bit more understandable to me because it's like you don't have one of your shot creators. He he plays the four, right? Okay, fine. Like I get that one. But it, it's just it, it's it's too much. It, it's too much. And um I don't know. They got to get that. They, they, they are the front office. I don't know. Somebody, the nerds need to get to Tibbs and, and talk to him about it. Cause it is not, it is not the uh, ideal minutes distribution when, when RJ is out right now, it's, it's too, too much heart, way too much Josh heart. And it's like, you weren't getting killed on the glass anyway. So what, I don't know. It was just a very weird thing. Yeah. Um, all right. Let me get through some 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 of these comments. We do have quite a few rolling through. Um, yeah, I mean, I feel like yeah. Someone mentioned um, Porzingis. Um, definitely had another had another huge impact on tonight's game again. Once again in the paint. Um, I think the Knicks barely had any points in the paint tonight. Um, luckily, they were able to hit a lot more of their threes. Um, forgot what we shot tonight from three, but. Um, they were like 15 of 34 or something like that. Which is closer to how we started the season, which is sort of encouraging, I guess. But yeah, I mean, the Celtics, I mean, broadcast made a huge point of this Wally in them. They were like, oh, the Celtics lent, the Celtics lent. And I mean, yeah, to a point, it was um, a deterrent for the Knicks. Uh, I mean, you see even Mitch tonight. Mitch only had six boards, um, you know, and that was because, you know, he had to because of Porzingis' impact, you know, right. stretching the floor out, you know, bringing him all the way out there. Um, and, you know, Mitchell also, I mean, he still was able to get a, a few offensive rebounds, but, you know, the defensive glass was very missed from Mitch tonight. Um, but, yeah, I mean, let's see. We got some comments here. Um, Jordan Bob, he says he has this interesting – Stat lineup, Brunson, Grimes, RJ, Randall, Robinson, lineup plus 20.5. Um, net rating, Brunson, Quentin Grimes, Hart, Randall, Robinson lineup, minus 17.2 net rating. And you can um, see it. Yeah, I mean, he is... Yeah, it, it, the numbers don't even really matter because the, the, the samples are small this early in the season, so it's like there's a lot of noise, but... In this case, I think they're just illustrative of like what we're seeing in terms of even the the actual starting lineup doesn't look great, but obviously it works. Like there's really kind of no denying that at this point, going back to last season. Um, but yeah, like the the one with heart, it just doesn't look right. There's no flow. It it just it, it's brutal. Um, I thought the stretch that really killed the Knicks tonight was that end of the first half. Um, 
Like they were up, what was it eight? And they gave up 10 points in the last like minute and, and 10 seconds. And some of them were just, they were just lazy. Like that Randall one where he lets that Richard leak out. Um, there was a, was that also, was that part of the sequence too? When like Hart and Hartenstein had a rebound and I think Hartenstein knocked it out of his hand and then it went to like somebody who threw it out to Hauser who had a three, like they, it just, they just shot themselves in the foot. And um, it was pretty unfortunate because that felt like a pretty, yeah, it was Holiday that got the that got the rebound away from them, and then they kicked it out to Hauser. Yeah, yeah, and, and so like, yeah, that that wasn't great. Um, it was just it was not a good stretch. Brunson took a really bad shot at some point during that stretch. Also, he took a lot of bad shots that went in. Yeah, no, but this was, was just like, like a bad shot he took. But yes, he did take a lot of bad shots that went in. Um, and Randall took it like Grant. It's this they just killed themselves, and and this actually, uh is important because this feels like it's been an issue throughout this season is these end of half end of quarter sequences especially um and but, who's, usually, who's usually on the court for those well yeah the starters right? <laughs> um but yeah I, I don't know that was yeah it, it was it was very frustrating it was very very frustrating the end of that half and um, Chris Bernhard kind of brings up what we were talking about the Pritchard thing. He said, I don't know if you guys notice it, but whenever Julius misses a three, he runs into the paint, fakes going for a rebound, and then jogs back to the defense while either losing his man or giving up transition buckets. I mean, with the Pritchard thing, it was completely just like he gave up. Um, but yeah, um, Julius is an interesting case of a basketball player that I really hope this, you know, experiment is over with very soon. <clears throat> let's see what else we got here um let's see hawkeye 420 says this has been garbage in games without rj i get it celtics are the s tier of the east but damn did it feel like we beat ourselves from coaching to players breaking players making dumb decisions um i think what really really hurt us even though like rj wasn't here Hart was playing insane minutes um, and quickly didn't have the best game offensively. I still think we had a good chance to win. And I think what killed us is obviously Tatum going nuclear. But what really sparked that run was that four-point play. Um, and that was Josh Hart that fouled him on that, right? Uh, the, the Tatum four-point play? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that was that was hard. I mean, I, I don't know. That was like a tough... I, I Like, if he doesn't contest it, it's a three Does instead of a four-point play. Yeah. Like, I don't know. It just doesn't the, – the foul was annoying, but I don't know that I'm, I I can't really kill him for that. Yeah. Um, like, that's where I feel like things really start to go downhill for the Knicks. Like, that's yeah. when momentum fully shifted. Because, like, I, I feel I, like – I think we still had a chance at, at that point. Yeah, and I think I think kind of to Hawkeye's point here, um, I would just say, like, he has not – I don't like – I think for once – his initial starting lineup rotations, whatever, have actually been pretty decent this year. And actually now when he's pivoted in the absence of RJ, it hasn't been great. Um, I would suggest that this team is probably, I think they could use another wing option. Um, it's always weird though, because if you bring in somebody Tibbs, like we know his weird lineup stuff. So how will he kind of perform at that? We don't know. Um, 
and so yeah i, I don't know it, it's it's definitely odd and um he has not done a good job shorthanded this year without rj still willing to give it some time i think the main thing right is is the heart stuff so mm. yeah man this is going to be also was it just me or did like i felt like hartenstein did not play enough today yeah and i don't know why um yeah i'm not sure i'm not sure he wasn't in foul trouble or anything right he had like, no fouls tonight that's in and and that's after fouling out the previous night but yeah he only played um 14 minutes 15. Yeah, 15. 15 minutes yeah so that was weird um i feel like you know if they played him a little bit more they could have done some things maybe with his passing at the top of the key i feel like like when he plays a little bit more that second unit see thibs like he starts doing these weird things when when he's missing a player or two um where it like shifts you know certain lineups and stuff like that and shifts the way that they play um within those lineups um and we didn't see that cohesive movement that we've been seeing with that second unit um the last couple of games um, yeah there's no this is okay this is this is what it is like and this is i i, I this is why i can't um i cannot i cannot buy into julius randall being a top option on a top team it is what like, like all these high usage guys to some extent kill your flow when they come into a game right because that's what they're there for they're like oh we don't i am the offense to a degree so we don't need to like flow as much and that's a fine give and take but like you just see everything like i think the benches assist rate like with rj or whatever on the floor this year is that something like 70 percent tonight i don't know how many assists they had as a group when they were on with randall but just between hartenstein divincenzo quickly those guys only had three assists combined um and so like and it just you can just see it like there's they're not flowing they're not there's none of those drive-in kick sequences. There was no, oh, uh, quickly comes and tosses a pitch to somebody. Like, usually it's RJ, right? RJ takes the pistol action. He gets into the paint. He swings it at somebody. There's none of that flow. There's nothing. It was just come down the floor. Randall's posting up. Or Randall wants the ball in the elbow. If that doesn't work, then quickly he's got to do a pick and roll. And it's just like, it, there's nothing there. It just, they did not flow at all today. And it was really disjointed and and even with that, like in the first half, they were actually able to push the lead out, but like it, it was not fun basketball to watch. And it didn't not... feel sustainable either. Yeah, it, it just, it didn't, I don't know. There, there's just something about Julius that what he, the usage he commands and the kind of play style he dictates, I just don't see him being good enough as a decision maker as a player to ever warrant that on a team that's a serious contender. And like nothing I've seen this year unrelated to his missing or making of shots. I'm just talking about his actual decision-making nothing I've seen of him this year changes my opinion on that. Like that, that's just, I, I still feel very strongly. That's, that's just how he is as a player. So, um, yeah, I don't know. And I mean, that's something that's a concern that we've had for years and year year in and year out. And, you know, we always have the, those that 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 camp that always tells us, you know, well, you know, look at that. He's all NBA this year. So, you know, it's just like 
but yeah, I mean, I totally agree with what you're saying. Um, I've always been someone that says, you know, when someone shows you who you are, believe them. Julius has shown us a million times who he is. We have to believe him no matter what, especially going into his 10th year. Um, and yeah, I mean, it's what you were saying against the Hornets yesterday and even against like teams like the Hornets and the Spurs, you know, these bad teams, Julius can like do these things, but like versus these good teams, even like the best of the best, it's just not going to work. Like it's not sustainable basketball. It's not good basketball. It's not winning basketball. So like, yeah. Oh man. Yeah. yeah the decision-making isn't, it, it's just not great. Um, and yeah, you look, uh, obviously did not help that quickly didn't have a good game, you know, that, that reduced their margin for error, him not making shots. And, um, you know, on the other in the other games where like RJ hasn't played, I think Randall has been a, a, a he's kind of been a bigger issue than 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 anybody else tonight. Quickly didn't make shots, and I still didn't love the decision making from uh, from uh, Randall. Or I mean, Brunson. I thought he started the game off a lot better than the way he played in the second half. Some of that probably did have to do with adjustments that Boston made. So you have to give them credit in terms of switching more and everything. Um, but yeah, I mean, as as in general, I think in I think because they did start switching more, as a group, we did not adjust to that well, and that's something that they that we will need to address, obviously, moving forward. I feel like you know there were opportunities where they could have started matchup hunting. Like I feel like there was a couple of times where they started to hunt at least Horford. It seemed like they were trying to get that Horford matchup because they liked it. Um, and then they just went away from that. And I feel like that's something that like that quickly really excelled in doing in that last matchup in Boston last year. Like, you know, when the Celtics were switching a lot last year, um, he quickly hunted for those matchups that he liked. Um, so it was just it like like you said, tonight's game was weird and it was weird to like not see those guards do that. Well, it was also weird, like at the end of the first half, there was a play where Brunson had Pritchard on him. And then he called for a screen, and I'm like, "Why are you calling for a screen? You've got Pritchard on you. You don't need the screen. Just cook Pritchard because you're you're running the screen to mismatch hunt. They're giving you the mismatch, man. So just take the mismatch. Um, it was it was just odd. It was it was a very odd kind of thing to watch unfold. Omar, Omar's bringing up Grimes shooting forty percent from three. Oh, that's nice. It's only could take only could take some more. Yeah, Increase that volume. Just, yeah, I, I, he had one play in the, the the play that just drove me nuts in the third quarter was he had a corner three, he pump fake drove and then swung it to Hart at the top of the key, and and Wally was like, oh, that's just really good offense, you know. I'm like, no, that's terrible offense. Grimes corner three is the shot you want. That's the shot you want. You don't need to pass that up to get a fucking Hart top of the key three. Speaking of Wally, he was definitely rocking some Celtic screen tonight with trying to be as objective as possible on some clear and obvious fouls tonight. Oh, man. Yeah, he, Wally's, as per usual, maybe did not have his finest hour. <laughs> um, Let's see. What else do we got here? I mean, I guess we can start talking about um, looking forward to um, our next matchup versus the Hawks. Um, we got the Hawks when on Wednesday, right? Is that? Um, oh, this is an interesting question. Um, Walcott Frazier brings up what Nick power forward aside from power forward mellow from the past 15 years, would you plug in in place of Randall Zebo, Al Harrington? And I guess 
we can go from there. Um, honestly, that's the thing, though. They're like Porzingis, right? That's it. That was yeah. it. Like, other than that, really nobody. Randall, like he, this is the the problem with Julius. It's like you're not the problem, but this is like the conundrum where he's not bad. He's obviously yeah, he not. He has a, the talent to be. He's a very good, good player. You know, he he's doesn't he is a very good player, but no, how far no. can you go with that very good player? There's not like who's a head case. Yeah, and and you know if he's going to be on this team, do you think that you would want, you know, or would he um, would he accept? playing a lower usage role next to somebody like those are the questions with julius that for me personally i just don't have positive thoughts on i think pretty negatively about all of it um i, I don't think that he will adapt well to being a lower usage option i don't think that he uh would fit in in that scenario so uh and and i don't think that he's bad i just don't think that like you know if he's one of your top two guys are you going to go any, are you winning? Are you contending? And if you're not, if he's not one of your top two guys, is he just going to be annoyed and pissy in that role? Cause I feel like he might be. Uh, and, and I don't want that either. So it's just, it's tough. I, I, I don't know. Um, I don't know. I, I don't know what, again, the Julius conversation to me is just boring. Like I have pretty strong thoughts on it and I don't think anything I'm going to see this year is going to change my opinion. And certainly anything I have seen to this point has changed my ear. Everyone says you're trying to be immersed into the Bills game. Promise you, there's nothing I would rather less be immersed in than the <laughs> Buffalo Bills of 2023-2024. Oh, man, it's that bad, huh? The season's over. They're not doing anything, so it's just playing out the string, and maybe you make the playoffs. That's about it. Wow. Um, Let's see. I mean, I think to this question here – not this question, but this comment here. I think um, we did – an okay job up, up until the end i would say playing against porzingis like i thought mitch did a pretty good job of like staying down on the pump fakes and stuff like that from porzingis um definitely an improvement from the way he defended him i think in the the first matchup but i mean they're just really good like yeah. I, I, I don't they put up 114 regulation like what are they average i have no idea um they're like third I mean, in offensive rating and stuff yeah, like that so it's like i mean they they went 19 of 43 from three today. I think they average 44 makes, I mean, 44 attempts, like 16 yeah. makes a game. Yeah. So like you held them basically to like their normal numbers there. Um, if they make three less, you know, you're talking about one Oh five, like that's really their average, right? 16 to 43 or something like that. Yeah. Um, that's like, you held them to one Oh five, you held them to one Oh eight in the first game. I don't really think that defense has been an issue in these two matchups. It's the offense. offense. Um, and they got to figure that out because you're not, I, I know that there's like, oh, they're not scoring the paint. I don't think that's the issue. I think that they are forcing too much shit in the paint. They're not trusting the shot. Pick. Yeah, they've got it. They've got to pull the trigger on these threes. All of them. This is not just any one specific person. It's all of them. You know, the entire team is a group. They've got to be way more decisive about I'm open from three. I'm going to shoot the fucking ball because those are the shots you're going to get when you drive and kick on this team. And when they switch everything, okay, then you Gotta go to adjust. Your, yeah, then you go to your guy. I mean, you're allowed to slip a screen. I mean, that's kind of how you try to beat switches a lot of times. So, um, yeah, I, I don't know. I, it just it's very frustrating. 
Yeah. All right. Um, I guess we can start talking about the next matchup against the Hawks. Um, last time we played the Hawks, um, Jalen went absolutely nuclear. Um, I trying to remember the rest of that game. Um, I'm not doing a good job of remembering it. Did RJ? I think RJ had a pretty good game that game, right? The first one. Um, versus the Hawks. Against Hawks, yeah, he played really well in that game. That was like his best game. Oh yeah, yeah, that was one of his. That was his best game. Yeah, he had a really good game. Um, Julius was kind of meh, right? If I'm remembering correctly, let me pull up this. He this was like seven. Score. He was like seventeen something and something. I don't know. He was like seventeen, twelve, and five, maybe. Or he had an almost. He almost had a triple double that game, right? Seventeen, yes. twelve, and nine. Yes, yes, like yes, that. yes, yes. Yeah, and then quickly also, let me see. He had like he would he shot really poorly in that game, but he did have a pretty okay game, I would say, right? Yeah, he just shot poorly, but he had like everybody played well. They just and then they nearly farted the game away at the end. But um, Atlanta, Atlanta's uh, oh yeah, that's when like Clint Capella got like he smoked the or like Mitch blocked the lob and then Trey smoked the layup. I remember it now. I'm starting starting to come back to me. Um. But yeah, I mean, that was just like a really offense, a high offense game that really wasn't the best Knicks defensive showing, I would say. I think the Knicks defense has improved since then, I would say. Um, They definitely haven't been giving up 120 uh, um, since then. Um, But yeah, I think I think we should be able to beat this Hawks team. Um, The Hawks had the, the Miami like the. I want to say the the South Bay, whatever, whatever they're called. I don't know what their 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 um, G League team is called. The Sioux, Sky Forks, whatever they're called. That mm-hmm. team, that's who the the Miami Heat had roll into Atlanta and beat them. Um, so, I feel pretty confident if RJ's playing, especially that I think that we'll get business done. Um, but yeah, I'm, I feel pretty okay with this matchup against the Hawks. Yeah, it's kind of annoying that we play them now twice on the road already this early in the season. Yeah. Uh, I mean, this, this this whole early season schedule is uh, is honestly ridiculous. I, I really want to know what the CBA was doing, and not the CBA, the, um, the NBA, NBA PA was doing in this in the CBA discussions to get oh. such. Yeah, we've got we got what five games, schedule. five games in seven days right now, right? So yeah, they did in give like us a three day break days. in between, which is weird. But yeah, we're traveling all. Five. It's just a not a great schedule for us, obviously. Um. Yeah, but yeah, I, I feel pretty good about that Hawks matchup. I mean, I feel good, pretty good about the rest of our matchups. I mean, we play the Wizards right after the Hawks, right? And the Wizards like blew like a twenty-plus point lead to the Raptors, who aren't really a good team right now. So like, I don't know, but yeah. Um, how do you feel about the refs tonight? I feel like some people thought that they kind of started to make an issue of the game. I think in the third quarter. Yeah, they weren't um, great in the third quarter, quarter but like, because like the, the most road, of the game felt pretty physical, and like it started to feel like you know they were starting to get like really selective with what they were calling for us versus what they were calling for the Celtics. And like you said, like what you're about to say, on the road, it's tough to really get that whistle that you think you should get. But I don't think it really affected our players that much. I don't think there was too much complaining or crying. I feel like. Last year, there was a lot more issues when things weren't going our way for us to start complaining and crying to the refs. But 
Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, it it wasn't that bad. I, I don't know. I was like, if you if you want to say they got more calls than we did, sure. I mean, they're not going to disagree on that. But I would, t- I, I, you're you're on the road at Boston. You got to expect that they're going to get a decent whistle. Um, you're gonna have to overcome that. So in that sense, I didn't feel like this game was particularly egregious or anything like that. Schwinn, we have a question for you. Uh, Schwinn, what's your Celtics fan father said about these two games versus us? I haven't talked to him after this one, but um. I don't know. After the first one, he was just crying that like they didn't have Marcus Smart anymore. <laughs> um, I don't know. He he thinks like being a Celtics fan is the hardest thing in the world. So it's really annoying. Um, as all Celtics fans do, they yeah, think it's, it's like yeah, it's really, close really to being hard. impoverished. Yeah, the hardest thing anything's anybody's ever done is being a Boston sports fan over the last twenty years. It's just been really really hard, and we should all feel really bad for them. All those championships. Yeah, it's been tough. It's been tough. Seven Super Bowls, what three World Series, or the fuck it is? Who knows? Couple Stanley Cups or whatever it is. Yeah, NBA championship. So it's been a really tough time, and I hope that you know for his sake they can kind of figure it out here. It's been really rough for his mental health. Ooh, Stoolius. This is a new one. This is a good one. Stoolius. I like that one. Like poop. Uh, Stoolius. This is a big. Big Chino, Chino, Big Chino. Uh, Stulius needs a drastic reduction in on-ball reps. Him as a major ball handler is a problem. Uh, I mean, it is. I, again, like, I don't – again, there's, like – there are going to be matchups where he kills. Like, yeah, like when you play the Hornets, he's probably going to dominate because they just have no ability to defend him. Um, but then you play it's a team the like Wizards this. probably, too. Yeah. And, and the thing is, even on a game like this, right, he didn't play great but he's going to put up the certain numbers and people are going to like love that. Uh, and, and I don't know. It, it's like, people are going to love that part of it, but it's really hard for me when I'm watching the game at the end of it, feeling like, yeah, this was good. Uh, it, Cause it certainly didn't feel like it to me. Yeah. Um, I mean, even his good games, they're like very ugly. Cause like the stuff that he does that like, you know, we, we talk about it all the time. It's, it's, it's exhausting. I mean, I've, I've been doing, I've been doing this, I've been doing um, Julius Randall negatives on the post game for, for years now. And it's not as fun as it was when in the beginning, I will say that. No, no, it's not. It's really old. I didn't think it would get old, but it's gotten old. It's gotten exhausting too. Cause he's like still here. It, it, this is what I'm saying. Like, I don't know what to. I, I don't have say anymore. Answer. Yeah, there's nothing. I feel like we've said everything already. Like everything I could possibly say or feel about Julius has, has been said. It's been said. It's been you know defined. It's. it's I mean, the only thing we could do is just keep coming up with nicknames like Stulius. Yeah, no, it, is, it just is what it is. So it's tough. All right. <clears throat> Next game, Hawks. We will be back for that. Um, this was a rough one. Um, but you know, I think the Knicks will bounce back. They got a pretty pretty fair schedule coming up. Um, what is it? It is Hawks, Wizards. Um we get the Miles Bridges return game next weekend, right? Oh, that should be fun. Didn't he like violate us like during that like a couple years ago? The Julius Randle poop year. Yes, he did. Yes. I remember that. Maybe Julius will, you know, take it personally for various reasons. Maybe Julius really loves women and 
he also really wants to get revenge versus this piece of shit. Let's uh, let's hope so. <laughs> let's hope so. All right, we'll catch you guys in the next post game. Shout out to y'all for coming through and you know, um, you know, giving us questions, comments after this Celtics game. This that was pretty rough. Um, you know, we will be back for next post game versus the Hawks on Wednesday. Um, you know, hopefully RJ Barrett's back. Um, that will definitely make the game much more easier to at least digest. Um, wow. How far we've come, how far we've come, Schwinn. Last year we were like, there were games where we'd be like, you know what, RJ Barrett, why don't you just sit with this one out? Yeah, he. I mean, he's he's really turned it around, and he's uh, he's playing great right now. So they miss him, and I mean, this is a matchup where, like, even last year when he hasn't been playing, when he wasn't playing well, I'd always thought this was like a matchup where they kind of need him because of his size in the wing. So, um, yeah, even more so now that he's playing probably the best ball of his career, right? Most improved player. Uh, it'll be hard. <laughs> it'll be hard because Tyrese Maxey's playing. Oh my gosh, Tyrese Maxey's yeah. insane. Yeah, he's probably gonna yeah. be like what? All NBA this year if he keeps this up. Yeah. Might be. Wow. Yeah. Insane. But hey, you know, quick little five on it. You know, you never know. Might get a good cash out on it. Maybe. If things keep start trending well. Um, but yeah, shout out to y'all in the comments. You know, y'all always here. Um, rocking with us. Make sure y'all like, leave a like, make sure y'all subscribe. We're on our, on our way to 1K subs. We are still trying to figure out this super chat thing, guys. So do not worry. Um We'll be back on Wednesday after the Hawks game. Hopefully that is another Knicks win. Fortunately, the next three-game win streak is over, but maybe we can start a new one on Wednesday. Um, so, yeah, thank you guys for coming through. Make sure you guys check out all the links in the description. We got links to the site, merch, Patreon, where you can see Schwinn's show, or you can, yeah, listen, or, yeah, watch it too, right? There's video. Yes, yes there is. Strick and roll. Um, and, you know, there's Jeff's show, Strictly NFL, where he would probably be talking about Schwinn's bills and how they are not living up to expectations, most likely. Um, and how my Giants are continuing to be pathetic. Um, but yeah, check that out in the description. We also got links to our Twitter. Make sure you're following us on Twitter. Get all that good Strickland Twitter content. So we will catch you guys on Wednesday. Everyone have a good night. Enjoy. <laughs> Your rest of your night and your Tuesday. <laughs> <laughs> He's out. Woo.